What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined by the man who needs to upgrade his Wi-Fi plan, a.k.a. the Run DMC, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Dan McAuliffe, and by the man who wasn't here to defend his mock draft last week. I'm talking about at DFF Moose, a.k.a. Mr. Mike McAuliffe. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Not too shabby. Getting pretty darn close to draft time here. Ooh, baby. Uh, so getting getting excited about it. We already saw the Pats made some big moves. <laughs> I believe they uh, just tra- traded a fifth rounder away for a sixth and seventh rounder. So <laughs> that's uh, if, if that's how we do the drafts pretty much for the Patriots. So we get excited about seeing other teams draft because we never really do until the third round. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see this year. I am so excited to see us trade out of the first round again. Uh, yep. It was it was cute when uh, you know when we were winning a lot, but I don't know. I would I'm excited to see who they take. But uh, yeah, man, I am back. I am uh, I have beat the COVID. Uh, so yeah, we are we're doing good. We're ready to record some uh, some fantasy football podcasts again. Woo-hoo. Well, we got to keep it short tonight because Mike has uh, other health issues. A hot date with physical <laughs> therapy tonight. So, Mike, just the walking disaster pain. of the show. God. Um, by the way, we took Mac Jones last year. I mean, come on. There was like no, no, for sure. 14, good point. It, 14 other teams that screwed it up. And then we Absolutely. got Mac Jones. Absolutely. If, if other teams make a make a mistake, we tend to be able to, to pick up on it. But also, we did draft Nikhil Harry in 2015. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's pros and cons to our first round picks, and who knows what's going to happen this year. Uh, tweet of the week tonight, at the Dynasty Commander, Mr. C. Patrick NFL. So we will post that in the show and get it up on Twitter. But again, let's keep it moving tonight, boys. The objective is very simple. We did the first round mock, Dan and I, last week. Mike's picks were fine. Dan's were good. I hit it out of the park. So I figured let's go (laughs) past the first round and take a look at the wisdom of the crowd. So go to keep trade cuts rankings and all grab some guys that are going outside the first round that we're ready to pound the table for. So Mike, I'm going to let you kick it off tonight outside the top 12 and super flex at the moment. Who you rocking here? Totally. So let's, let's kick things off with a guy that is kind of, kind of on the cusp right now. You're seeing him, Usually in a lot of uh, in a lot of super like, super flex mock drafts, um, he's he's ending up in the early parts of the second round right now. And depending on his draft capital on Thursday, uh, some things could get, could get shaken up. So I'm talking about uh, Jahan Dotson. So um, he is a wide receiver out of Penn State, playing in the Big Ten Conference. Um, he's basically I, I really like what I'm seeing from this guy whenever I watch film, but it going towards the uh, statistics uh, for the first part on player profiler. Uh, This is a guy that's got a 44.3% college college dominator rating. That's 90th percentile. Um, He's got a 32.5% college target share. That's 95th percentile. So when you're looking into the second round here in dynasty drafts, I'm looking for guys that at their school, they were a big, big part of that offense. They would show that they could take a huge workload um, and you love to see that that kind of uh, you know production from Jahan Dotson. So he also he's got some some wheels on him. He had a 4.43 uh, 40 yard dash, which is 86 percentile. Um, you know he is a little bit on the smaller side. That's one knock against him. He's 5'11", 180 pounds. But definitely you've seen guys still succeed in the NFL at that kind of size. Uh, and also, you know you see his uh, his breakout. Um, age is at 20.5 which is 50th percentile so not amazing not great but 
you know, he's the kind of guy that dead usually... Dead to me. Yeah, <laughs> dead, to, dead to Dan, of course, <laughs> if it's not 99th percentile or above. But definitely, this is the kind of guy that you see going into the second round. So um, I just, what I really like, um, what I saw from him his senior year, in 12 games, he had uh, 146 targets, 91 receptions, almost 1,200 yards, and 12 touchdowns. So basically, this guy was going out at Penn State pretty much a lock every single game to get 100 yards and a touchdown, uh, which you just absolutely love to see. Like I said at the very start, when I uh, am watching film of this guy, it just seems like he has glue on his hands, like just really good at catching the ball away from his body. I see that a uh, player profiler has a comp for him. Uh, he's comp to Tyler Lockett, which is not a shabby comp whatsoever. Um, one guy that he kind of reminds me of that is kind of up on the rise now in Dynasty rankings is Darnell Mooney. Um, so I definitely like what I'm seeing from him. Smaller guy that can get down the field, real good speed, great separation. Um, and yeah, I just think that depending on what happens on Thursday, you could very well see him sneaking into the end of the first, but as of right now, he's pretty much a second round pick everywhere you look, um, in all these dynasty sites. So I'm going with the Jahan, Jahan Dotson for my first guy. Yeah, number 14 overall right now for keep trade cut. And uh, if he does go in the first round, Mike, I'm getting a little nervous over here because I'm starting to remember that list that uh, we went over a few shows ago. Rich Rebar had tweeted it out back in the day. The guys that are the non-early declare first round picks. Yep. Awful track record. So I do think there are some things to like with Jahan Dotson, uh, but I am I'm, I'm a little wary to see a guy like with this archetype go, you know, in the first round in the NFL draft. Uh, Dan, anything to add here or should we move on to one of your picks? No. Yeah, I think Mike made some uh, some really good points there. Uh, so nothing really much to add. All right. Well, then let's keep it moving, Dan. All right, so uh, we're going to start to talk about a couple. Most of my guys I tried to have centered around like the mid-second round in rookie drafts for Superflex, at least, again, according to Keep Trade Cut right now. So a guy I'm going to talk about, we've actually touched on uh, when we were talking about combine breakdown and just looking at some numbers, and it's Rashad White, uh, RB out of Arizona. I think as Max and I were chatting, things get a little murky with running back uh, pretty much after like the top two. Uh, which is Walker and uh, Brees Hall, right? Like those are two guys that we think are easily uh, from a fantasy perspective uh, in the top two. Spiller, I made kind of a case for, right, in the last time. But now taking a look at uh, Rashad White, I think he starts to make a case for himself where he's got some really great things that if he gets some solid draft capital or goes to a good situation, you could see him jump into like this top three. Because uh, I think he probably, by most people's standards, sits right outside of it right now. Um, I think when we were chatting about him before, it was we were very impressed with his combine performance as a whole, right? Uh, so he's 80th percentile uh, or better in the 40 speed and burst scores. So awesome. Nice to be able to see kind of that universal performance from an athletic perspective. And he comes with some good size. I mean, we see some of these other running backs and they're like high five, like 10, 5'11", etc. And close to or sub 200 pounds. It's not what I'm looking for, um, so I want to be able to have someone that has a little bit more size. He's six foot, two fourteen um, in pounds for weight, so definitely someone that is able to just kind of have a little bit more uh, of a sturdy stature. That's going to open himself up to being able to uh, be there on first and second downs a little bit more. But the main thing is he's a pass catching monster. He is 98th percentile college target share. 
insane. And he is PFF's highest graded receiver over the past two seasons at the running back position. Like he can catch the ball and do amazing things with it. The only thing about it is he isn't being graded as one of the best pure rushers, right? So you're looking at someone who needs to grow in that area. Uh, and certainly has the ability to, at least with his size, he's not a small third uh, um, third down pass catcher, but he really does have a few things to be proven there, which is why he is sitting on in the second round right now, right? Um, but there's a couple interesting things. I mean, I think he actually could be a really nice pickup for the Cardinals, staying in the Arizona area. I think he could be a fantastic replacement for like a Chase Edmonds. Going down narrative streets, as I always do. He's visited with the Bills four times already. So when we're talking about a dream landing spot, it's been something we've been pretty interested in. But overall, it comes down to what the NFL says, right? And if we see something like second round or even high third round draft capital, I'm very interested in Rashad White. Yeah, you slim shadied me there, man. You really kind of took all of the cons off the table because <laughs> um, these these scouts are definitely on the vision and power just isn't there train with Rashad yep. White. But I mean, man, we all play in PPR leagues these exactly. days. I mean, I can't remember the last time somebody sent me an invite to a standard league. So <laughs> with that pass catching prowess, number three in yards per route run in the class, yep. um, man. If I, I don't think he's going to get the draft capital if we're just projecting that we want him to, but man, if he lands with Buffalo in like the fourth or fifth round, I mean, the Cardinals already have their Arizona, former Arizona state superstar, Dan, you know, Benjamin. So they're all set there. They don't need to draft uh, Rashad white, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Mike, you look like you want to want to say something. No, I think I was telling Dan he's on mute. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we will cut that out in post if I'm feeling like it. Um, no, let's let's keep it moving though with with the running back train because I want to talk about a guy who beware of checking Twitter and seeing random people with no credentials throwing players into their models. Okay, because no model is gonna like the player that I'm about to talk about. And that is Damian Pierce out of Florida um, has produced three years in the sec. Great all around back. The biggest thing is just that the raw production numbers are not there. 510, 224 pounds, absolute workhorse size. PFF's highest graded runner. Dan does not have the Rashad white problem. Highest graded runner in 2021 Ooh. and the seventh best receiver in the class. And um, shout out to Bruce Feldman over at The Athletic. He uh, puts out a list of his college football freaks. And he shouted out Damian Pierce at number 21. This guy squats 705 pounds, benches 390 pounds, and has been clocked in. This was a projection at the time. Now it's official. Runs in the four fives. So I am here to talk to you about a place in the keep trade cut land where you start throwing third rounders into trades. Your league mates pretend like it's not even a thing. Like I didn't even see yeah. that get added to the trade. Okay. Currently going at slot 25. There's so many other things I want to talk about with him. Um, just top of the class in yards after contact per carry, all these underlying efficiency metrics that you just, if you look at the box score, you're missing. Cause you're going to see 500 rushing yards, 20 catches, 150 receiving yards. But yeah. I am here to pound the table for Damian Pierce. I think he's hopefully going to get the draft capital. Let's get him sneaking into the third round. And I think we're going to have some fire on our hands. So what do you guys think? Am I dumpster diving too far here? Or I, th I think there's something to like. 
I think so too. And it's, it's funny because dynasty people love to project over a full work uh, workload season, right? Like there's been so many times, and usually it's because of injuries, right? Because people love seeing, Oh, how efficient were they with their touches and catches and all that stuff. So to be able to see those efficiencies that he has as a player and just maybe didn't get the opportunity. Like there's so you can have so many poorly managed teams that don't take advantage of star talent, and so if he's proved that uh, if you give me the ball, I'm going to do something with it. Even if you had less touches, you should not be, that shouldn't ding you that much. At least if you reach certain thresholds like this guy's doing. So I love the case. I think you got to find ways to get models to, to catch for these guys on occasion, but it's, it's hard to, right? And that's kind of why you do have to break the model a little bit to look at some of these players that are, are going to be sitting outside of uh, the ideal ranks. That's why you tune into the Dynasty Dynamic. That's what we're here for. And uh, I will say one more thing, because I do care about Mike. I love Mike, and I care about his body, and I don't want him to miss his physical therapy appointment. But the coaching staff, the coaching staff at Florida, known for their committee. So there was some shenanigans there, always a three-headed backfield. It benefited Pierce early in his career because he was able to step on the field right away hurt him in the raw production as a sophomore and a junior. So sure. that's the last piece that I will say, Mike, I will kick it back to you for your second player tonight. Totally. Yeah. So I'm going with a quarterback this time around. And obviously in Superflex uh, drafts, it's usually going to be the most valuable position. And it oftentimes whoever's going, what order those guys are going in can be very heavily influenced by draft capital. So yet another guy that we're going to see uh, come, come Thursday night, Friday morning, uh, where he's going to stand. But Sam Howell uh, is who I'm going to go with right here. Right now he's he's going usually around the middle of the second round. Seems to have fallen out of favor with some people when just maybe a year or two ago uh, in some of the in the uh, Devi community, he was viewed as probably the QB one of this class. So um, Sam Howell out of UNC, played in the ACC, 6'1", uh, 220 pounds. I just really like what I see from this guy. Um, he passed for over 3,000 yards three years in a row. Uh, at UNC going with a or t- finishing with a 92 touchdown and 23 interception uh, ratio in all three years there so very solid um, for his breakout age Daniel you're gonna like this one he's a 19 mm. year old breakout age which is 91st percentile for quarterbacks so pretty solid um, and his college QBR was uh, came in at nine or 79.3 which is 70th percentile both of those metrics come in above both Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. So two guys that are pretty universally considered the top two guys um, in not only the NFL draft, but in dynasty drafts um, as well. So you can, you're seeing there that he can, he can hold his own there for certainly um, definitely a mobile quarterback too. I think he ended up finishing with uh, double digit rushing touchdowns uh, this past year, his junior year. Um, I definitely think that, you know, his, his rushing game might not translate quite as much to the NFL. I don't necessarily see him being this, you know, Konami code kind of quarterback that's rushing left and right, but he's going to be a mobile quarterback, kind of a, a Dak Prescott kind of guy that can get out of the pocket and make plays happen. Um, and, you know, it, when I'm watching tape of him, I see elite arm talent. I see that he can put really nice touches on the ball. He doesn't just have a cannon, um, but, you know, he can definitely, I, I just like what I see, honestly, um, with some of these guys like Pat Mahomes that you see come, uh, Kyler Murray, these guys were baseball players in high school. He was an all-state baseball player, uh, which, you know, sorry. It's I always, always baseball. I, I always got to bring baseball into the football podcast. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just think um, he's he's an elite athlete. And he 
especially this year when people are looking at his stats, he still finished up with pretty decent stats, but people need to consider the fact that he lost a lot of talent <laughs> from 2020 to 2021. Javante Williams, Michael Carter, uh, Deami Brown, all saying goodbye last season. So he still, you know, managed to, to end up with a good season. I think that um, draft capital, like I said, is definitely going to be, it's all over the place right now. If you look at mock drafts, he could end up uh, with the Saints, the the Panthers possibly. Um, I've seen people saying that the Colts or the Steelers, like back up Matt Ryan, probably uh, possibly come in to compete with Mitch Trubisky in Pittsburgh. So we'll see how it all ends up. But right now, he is definitely, for most people right now, falling back to QB5 um, when I think that he could be one of the most talented quarterbacks in this whole class so i think the draft capital is the issue right now dan anything to add on sam howell there yeah no i think uh mike puts uh some uh some really good stats there and honestly beyond the two like rushing quarterbacks that we've talked about previously that we both like in in willis and ritter i probably do start to have him slide into like a, a qb3 just because of the more like traditional quarterback archetypes, I like some of his stuff best. So it's going to be interesting, again, uh, to, to see what the draft capital is along with it. But I, I think there's some interesting and compelling points laid out there. Yeah, he's the only true junior of this group. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you told me these guys were all going to go in the top 20, uh, Sam Howell might be my second favorite. But it's not looking like that right now. Yeah. And unfortunately... We'll We've talked about it on plenty of shows, how much draft capital especially impacts the quarterback position. Yeah. But let's keep it moving, Dan. You're so predictable. I knew you were <laughs> going to pick this player. Talk to me about the second guy you have lined up tonight. Sure. All right. So second guy, again, someone who is uh, at least right now kind of going in the mid-second round, according to Keep Trade Cut, is David Bell, uh, wide receiver out of Purdue. So in taking a look here, I mean, there are a couple things that immediately do stand out is maybe some things that I gravitate towards. Uh, So he's a freshman breakout, true freshman breakout there, 18.7 breakout age, that's 94th percentile. You love to see it. Uh, also early declare, so another just kind of key factor, as we were saying, as contrast to like Jahan Dawson and others, like being able to have that is not something that is not counted against him there. Uh, it's also really nice to see. Uh, also talking about some of these other ones that are dipping into the second round. A lot of them don't have uh, like the stature. Again, I've hit it multiple times over the past like two podcasts. I do want to try and have someone with a higher BMI uh, that can at least fit some of that X receiver alpha prototype. So he's 6'1", 209. Uh, nothing too crazy, but he's, he's more physical. And honestly, he needs to be a little bit more physical because I'm kind of going to talk about the type of player that he is. Uh, he is crazy on missed tackles and play after the catch elusiveness. He is third in avoided tackle percentage after the catch, and he's ahead of Burks in London in that particular stat. Um, he's just he's very good at being able to process some of the field. Uh, but it's at the detriment of athletics, right? If you move slow, <laughs> then you don't have to think as fast <laughs> on some of this stuff. So you can make people miss and you have to if you're not going to have that athleticism because it's, to be honest, pretty poor marks around the board. Uh, so you got to be able to make sure you can do something with the ball when it's handed to you on a, a toss it down on a slant or something like that. I do love uh, in looking at his tape is like some of those things. This is where he would definitely trend down on a model that I would have athleticism weighted highly, but he's able to do things that I think really do keep him as a very valuable player to have on the field. Uh, Cause he can make some magic happen. If you're tossing 
it over the middle and then he's able to then bring it to the house so i love uh what i'm seeing there there's reasons why he's sitting in the second round um but there are certain teams that value that type of physical skill set that very well could uh put him in a great situation and get him some decent draft capital there oh dan in the words of our former president fool me once shame on you (laughs) fool me twice won't get fooled again (laughs) and that would have been a great sound clip had i known i was gonna go this route um i just i'm so torn man because we've fallen for this guy already the last couple of years we fell for it two years ago with tyler johnson and we fell for it last year with tylen wallace okay these guys that are box checkers in production extraordinaires and either don't test probably because they don't have great athleticism or they do test like David Bell did and they don't have good athleticism. Exactly. And I think knowing what we know pre-draft, where is he on keep trade cut right now? So he's like mid second. So he's number 19 overall. Yep. You know, I'm fine there. I think some of the names below, just knowing what the NFL values, I'd probably say are safer bets. But, I mean, the, these are the guys we keep the flame flip for. Like, if David Bell goes on day two, like, we win. This is the exactly. point for the good guys. Because, uh, Max, in 100%, if, if David Bell goes in the fifth round, fool me once. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I can't. <laughs> I can't do that again because that's the NFL telling me straight up how they value that. But if right. he lands on a team that does value that type of skill set and is going to invest, then I'm interested. So pre-draft, interested in David Bell. Post-draft, we're going to see if I'm smiling or crying. We're going to see. I, I just want to set expectations. It's, it's going to be the, <laughs> ultimate, the ultimate Venn diagram for these scouts and NFL decision makers of production versus tape versus athleticism. It hasn't favored us well in the past, Dan. So as long as you're okay with that, I'm, we'll move I'm on okay to my last player. Totally Mike, unless you had anything to add there. No, nothing to add, I, but I love this. I love how we're, we're doing all this stuff pre-draft, and all of this could be thrown out the window next next thing you know. So love it. Well, exactly. It will be. It will be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I probably, I probably sent you guys this text, I don't know, pro, post-combine, pretty, pretty recently but far enough in the rear view, and I said I found the next Elijah Mitchell. Okay, and when Dan and I recorded our draft recap show last year, again, another clip I should have queued up. Really bad show by me today. Um, (laughs) I had said one guy to keep the flame lit for was this six rounder out of Louisiana Lafayette. Okay, so before I was trading away Elijah Mitchell for a a profit, I was Mm -hmm. taking Elijah Mitchell. And I want to turn everybody on to Pierre Strong. South Dakota State, 5'11", 207 pounds, just like Elijah Mitchell was like, he goes to the combine and just sets it on fire. 99th percentile speed for a running back and just great measurables across the board. And if I'm looking at it right now on keep trade cut, I have to keep scrolling. I have to keep scrolling number 33 overall. So basically can take him at the end of the third round, depending on how your league drafts, maybe even the beginning of the fourth round, right? So these are the shots that you want to be taking because these are the guys that can run into these Elijah Mitchell scenarios, right? Where like Khalil Herbert last year is a great example, right? These guys that were going in the third, fourth, fifth round of your rookie drafts, and they get a chance to show what they can do. Prior to the COVID year, 2,000 yard rushing seasons, a 16 yard season, 1600 yard season just turned in with 22 receptions last year. Um, 
PFF did some really cool analysis on perfectly blocked runs and non-perfectly blocked runs. And he actually beat out Hall and Walker in yards per carry on non-perfectly blocked runs. So just one little data point. But again, you like to look at these efficiency pieces um, all in context. And he's just somebody that I know I'm going to be soaking up at the end of third rounds. Hopefully he gets a little bit of draft capital associated with him. Like probably not going to go on day one or two, but neither did Elijah Mitchell. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the last cherry on top for me, Dan, you know, I love the dynamism. You know, that that is my bread and butter. Absolutely. This guy, courtesy of Sean Siegel, this stat, he is nine for nine on halfback passes in his career with six touchdowns. So, I mean, he might be the sixth QB off the board the way this draft is going (laughs) right now. Dang. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Pierre Strong, absolutely like one of the deep, deeper guys that I'm looking at. Gentlemen, anything to add to close out the player analysis before we get into our special treat for tonight? No, I think that was good. That's, we tried to provide a little balance. Those guys are just outside the uh, the top 12, right? Then a couple of those guys are floating in the, the ethos of the, the second. And then Max bringing in some some nice, almost sleeper type picks uh, to be mm-hmm. able to kind of round it out. Because a lot of us have first, second, and third rounders in our upcoming drafts, right? So keep an eye out right. on these guys. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Dan. Honorable mention, Kevin Harris. That's all I'm going to say. Honorable that's mention. Fair. Had a tough time narrowing it down to two. Google So. Him. As Mike alluded to, all of this stuff could absolutely change in approximately 48 hours. So, or at least the start of the draft. Yeah, that's true. So I wanted to have some fun and had everybody queue up a prediction. We have no idea. We could be overlapping. We're going to figure it out on the spot. So, Mike, I'm going to kick it back to you. Give me one prediction for Thursday night. And Friday and Saturday, depending on how far you want to stretch this. <laughs> totally, yeah. So my my prediction will uh, we'll see how it comes true on Thursday night, uh, for sure. So my prediction here, uh, we've we've talked about a lot of the the wide receivers that we like um, in this in this draft and what, who we like coming into actual uh, dynasty drafts. I know that for a lot of us, Traylon Burks and Drake London are sitting there at the top. But uh, my prediction is going to be that Jamison Williams is the first wide receiver off of the board. I can already tell this was Dan's too. No! <laughs> Let's go, baby. Uh, oh, I'm so man. sorry. That's what you get for letting me go first. <laughs> yeah. Dang. So right, sorry. That's good. Hey, but yeah, man, I, think we're, I, uh, I think we're in alignment. Yes. Can I tell you guys something? That was my backup one. Nice. So, okay. All, three of us <laughs> all right. That, good. Which is cool. I, I mean, I, I wasn't... I was curious with Max how you felt feel about uh, Jameson Williams if that was going to make your your cut there at all. So it seems like we're I actually mean, all aligned. Yeah, I yep. mean the speed is implied. You know, he wasn't yeah. healthy enough to go mm-hmm. run at the combine. Um, but I, I mean, he played at Alabama and he's fast. Yeah. I mean, what this is NFL? Yep. It's pretty easy. Some sometimes yeah. this stuff doesn't have to be hard. You know? Nope. That's ex- totally exactly. totally great. Exactly. That said, I was good. You guys think he's going? I guess if, if we're all in in agreement on on this one, any place that think you think he he's might, going to, I think he might Mike, be going to the where's Jets. Where's he going, buddy? I think he might going either. I w- I would say second uh, to Washington. We'll see. Wow, interesting. Washington right. could be an interesting fit. So, but yeah. in, in order to keep Mike's physical therapy appointment tonight, <laughs> Dan, I am going to quickly pivot to you for I'm assuming maybe your primary one, unless the Jameson Williams was your primary one. 
That was my primary one, actually. Oh, no. Um, All right. So, I got a second one. Uh, Brees Hall is not the first running back off the board. Uh, It is going to be Kenneth Walker, I do believe. So, uh, curious where he goes. But, again, just a – and this is a reminder to people who play in fantasy – um, just because a someone else is taken before them doesn't mean that they still aren't maybe the best fantasy running back to have later That's on. That's wrong. Be... That's wrong, Dan. Clyde <laughs> Edwards-Hilaire was drafted before Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Pat Mahomes liked him. <laughs> but um, I honestly, I really do think it's going to uh, bring, it's probably going to still solidify Brees Hall where we think he belongs as the, the 101, but I really do think it's going to send Kenneth Walker skyrocketing up boards because I do believe a NFL team is going to really value uh, the type of skill set that Walker brings to the table. Uh, and if he falls to the right team, he can be a very valuable asset for you as well. So that's my pick. Uh, Vegas still seems to, if I'm not mistaken, I think the odds are with Brees Hall, but uh, I think the next in line is Kenneth Walker, and that's who I'm going with. Wow, Dan is going nice mega time. narrative street quoting Vegas props <laughs> on this show. <laughs> Smoking too many cigarettes on those street corners, Dan. Madge, what's All up, right, I, no, no arguments here, Mike. I mean, that one no, feels no, like – I feel like we're good with these. They're not bold. Like They're kind of in the realm of uh, possibilities. Yep, I definitely like it. Let's see if that trend, let's see if that trend continues. Okay. All right, <laughs> let's see. Um, so this is a two-parter. Um, and, I mean, it's not like our bold season predictions, right? If we get this wrong, no, this is just Exactly. I mean, yeah, whatever. I just got called Jonathan Taylor and Jalen Hurts last year. I'm just riding the high of the bold <laughs> predictions. So Malik Willis is going to go number two overall. Not saying to the Ooh. Lions. I'm just saying gotcha. he's going two overall. Okay, covered my bases here. All right, mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. And everybody's favorite lawyer with the small hands, Kenny Pickett. I almost called him Jack Kelly. <laughs> is going to fall out of the first round. Oh, I, man. Okay. I agree. All right. I like yeah. it. I, like I, it. I ah. <laughs> The only way I think that happens is if the one who's moving, if, if it happens, it's not the Lions. It has to be Carolina moving up because Carolina is the only ah, Falcons one that could I move see. up too. Falcons could move up. Falcons could move up. But I think in order for both of those things to happen, for it to be uh, the second pick, but it's not the Lions, I think it's Carolina must be taking. And I can't see Pickett falling below eight at that point. But who knows? Who knows? We'll see. That's going to be very, we'll very interesting. Like I said, I, I, I gave I like myself it. a lot of lot of outs to get that one wrong, for sure. <laughs> yes, that is fair. But I really uh, I like it. I like it because these are all three different uh, uh, players that are going to have a lot of fantasy relevance in one way or another. So I'm excited to have some takes on each th- uh, each of those three. All right, gentlemen. Well, we did it. Mike's got a hot date to get his body all sorted That's out. Right. So <laughs> I, I, I don't even know where to take the show from here. So we're doing it. Getting out of here for today. This is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Thanks for tuning in. Milk was a bad choice.